Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon, a retired NYPD sergeant. Uh, this is my daytime show I usually do called Coffee with Cannon, as you can uh, hear maybe in my voice. I'm a little bit somber today, as I have been in the last few days, uh, based on the, the two officers shot up in Harlem in a 3-2 precinct place where I spent... Um, a lot of my career, at least in Manhattan North Homicide Squad, we feel like we were there all the time. Uh, as I said on my last um, my last broadcast, a more or less a tribute to the, to the officers, um, how great a, a precinct the 3-2 is and how great the cops are in the 3-2. And the pain that all of the officers, I don't think the public can fully understand uh, the pain that the officers are going through uh, in regards to the shooting of these two young cops. That's the front of uh, on the screen uh, for those that are watching via video. If you're listening, I'm going to describe the scene. That's the front of the 3-2 precinct. Any, anyone that's ever uh, worked there or walked through those doors will recognize it in a minute. You know, And one of the things that always uh, takes people back when they walk through the doors of the 3-2 precinct, there's this visual I'm going to put up right here, and that's the memorial wall. And that has all the uh, police officers in the history of the 3-2 precinct that were killed in the line of duty. And the 3-2 precinct, as you might uh, realize, in the central, central, uh, central Harlem is an extremely busy precinct. But because of that, the officers are tight. The officers are experienced, usually. The officers become really good at their job really, really fast because they have to learn really, really fast. And folks that aren't in policing to know uh, what that means is officers respond. uh, Sometimes police officers from the 3-2 precinct working a sector car may respond to 30 to 35 jobs in a night. Sometimes they don't even get a meal, but they're not the complaining type. You know, Uh, they're the type that do their job they're the type that, um, again, become some of the greatest officers in the city. This is a uh, picture of police officer Jason Rivera, 22 years old, who lost his life in this um, domestic violence incident. You know, we talk about domestic violence as being one of or the most dangerous job that police officers ever respond to. And they're one of the reasons they're so dangerous is because they're so unpredictable. The officers in this job were spending time in the front of the apartment with the mother who called them. Uh, and the officers were spending time speaking with her and her other son. Uh, and about apparently the perp's name was LaShawn McNeil, who was an ex convict, came up um, to New York City in November from Baltimore. And apparently she had seen him with this, with this gun or with this type of gun and said, don't bring those guns or, or gun to New York. So uh, she must have known that he had a gun or had uh, the predilection to, to use a gun. And there was a lot of stuff on social media which indicated his hatred of the police. But I don't want to make this about him. What I want to make this about is this officer here, this great young man that unfortunately lost his life. This was from Vinny uh, Valong and the SBA put this up. When a police officer is killed, it's not an agency that loses an officer. It's an entire nation, and uh, that that's for sure. That's for sure. And, um, you know, we see some of the tributes the other night uh, when they took his body from Harlem Hospital. FDNY was out on the street saluting this officer. 
Um, just an incredible sight. Um, it gives you, if you've ever been a police officer, it gives you pangs in your heart uh, to hear about this. And uh, these are the two officers that were sector court partners, uh, P.O. Jason Rivera and P.O. Wilbert Mora, who apparently is also um, in in very critical condition. Uh, I don't know uh, specifically um, in real time, um, you know, whether he is expected to live or not. We pray, we hope and pray he does. Um, I know that it's been reported that he's gravely, uh, gravely injured, and they did transport him from Harlem Hospital to NYU Langone Medical Center. So um, no, I'm not looking into any kind of breaking news. Uh, I'm just, we all pray uh, for his for his recovery and that he that he lives through this, you know. Uh, all you all you folks in the chat and everything. I mean, these are the somber moments of police work, and you know, uh, policing is sometimes uh, a thankless job. And you can always count on the support, though, of your peers to get you through the horrible days. You know, the horrible days like this, and uh, only the people and the officers that work in the 3-2 precinct actually know how they're feeling. And uh, what I'm hearing is that many uh, police officers, NYPD police officers from other commands are going to the 3-2 precinct to work patrol as the officers um, uh, do other things in regards to this. Um, I believe this, the services for um, P.O. Jason Rivera are going to be on uh I think I pulled a copy of it. Here it is. Uh, Thursday, uh, PO Police Officer Jason Rivera, Thursday, January 27th, 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. at St. Patrick's Cathedral. That's Fifth Avenue between 50th and 51st Street. The funeral service is Friday, January 28th at 9 a.m., also at uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral. Um, I'm sure thousands of people will be there blue line of support will be there not just from the nypd but from police agencies all over the country um it's this is a very sad event obviously 22 years old i mean could you imagine 22 years old this this uh this man uh, jason rivera lost his life um and his partner uh wilbert moore is fighting for his life at this point I'm just going to play a little bit of a, of a video from the news the other night in regards to this case. Uh, I'm going to share it on the screen um, to get the understanding of the gravity and how horrible this was. In 7th Avenue, as we are told, responded to a domestic incident involving a mother and her son. Police say when officers arrived, shots were fired. We have learned also that a third officer has been injured and a suspect has been shot. Let's go to a live picture now from Chopper 2 over the scene tonight. Dan Rice just arrived there on the scene. Dan, what else can you tell us about this breaking news? 
Well, Christina Maurice, as you can imagine, a very chaotic scene down here on 135th Street. Here we'll zoom in about halfway down the block. You can see numerous police officers gathered outside this building. As you said, we are just arriving on the scene. There's police tape all over the place. It appears this entrance here in the center of your video, that appears to be the building that everybody is focusing on here. But let me give you the bigger picture here. As you bring the camera out, you're going to see police cars for several blocks around this area here. Several streets shut off at this time. At one point, there was a mobilization around the area where they have a large number of police officers searching the area. But again, as you look down there, nothing but police lights uh, all around that one particular building. As you said, those two police officers rushed to Harlem Hospital. A third one also injured. And again, the circumstances around this, we just we do know that there was that dispute that officers arrived at. And again, the condition of all the people involved, not yet known. Again, we'll keep an eye on this and give you more details as we get them. Live in Chapter 2, Dan Rice, Maurice and uh, Christine, back to you. And Dan, as you hold that shot there, just a quick description of the neighborhood. You saw in the foreground there was a schoolyard. To the left is the Harlem YMCA. And just down the street is the 32nd Precinct. So police officers quickly arriving on the scene. And then just to the right is 6th Avenue or Lenox Avenue, right where the Schomburg Center is. And then you also have Harlem Hospital right there on the right-hand side of the screen in the upper corner there. So they were able to get uh, the victims, those who were wounded, to the hospital rather quickly. So once again, we have uh, the news tonight that two NYPD officers have been shot right there in central Harlem on 135th Street. Apparently a domestic incident involving a mother and her son. Shots were fired. Officers have been taken to the hospital, two of them tonight. And we're going to continue to follow this for you and bring you the latest on this breaking news at the bottom of the hour. We've got a full set of crews on the scene. We'll bring you the latest tonight on CBS 2 News and on the news at 11 o'clock. And also. So, folks, that was the, the scene, uh, the, the night that it happened. And there's always, when there's a major incident like this, there's always lots of confusion, you know, because to get facts out and to get them out quickly uh, is one thing, but to get them out correctly and to get accurate information takes time because, it, it, you know, the detectives and the investigators that are investigating this, um, they have to... Um, they have to do a thorough, thorough investigation. This investigation is not over. It's still ongoing. Uh, in my role in Manhattan North Homicide Squad, I, unfortunately, and I assisted in investigating a lot of police um, shootings, police homicides, and it's the thing that um, really it gets. When I see this, it, it still bothers me, um, and it, it unites. Hopefully, it unites the police the police all over the country and the people that are, that are anti-police, you know, it, it shows you um, what the police family goes through. And by that, I just mean brothers in blue from all over the world, wherever they might be. One of the, the news, they, uh, they put a, a picture, uh, I think it was the New York post of the gun that this perp used in this. Uh, basically he was attempting to assassinate two officers. And on the screen right there is a, um, is a picture of the gun. You could see that circular uh, magazine, which apparently held 40 rounds. Obviously, that's illegal. Obviously, um, no, no one uh, is legally allowed to own that, nevertheless a, a, a convict. But I think he, we have to remain focused on not on the guns, which people want to cloud this situation with, but on the perp. Guns don't fire themselves. It takes a human being to fire a gun and with malice.
So when you hear these politicians talking about the guns, let's talk about the person that fired the guns because the laws in New York City have been, and even this new DA Bragg, he doesn't want to prosecute criminals like this. You know, so let's leave them on the street where they can shoot and kill police officers. So again, I, you know, people say, oh, you're getting political. Yeah, well, it, you know, policing and politics go hand in hand, unfortunately. And people, a lot of politicians hurt the police. They really do. They they hurt the police in regards to handcuffing them with their hands behind their back with the policies they have, you know, uh, Bail reform is one of them. You know, uh, in New York City, we had that horrendous diaphragm law, which, thank God, was reversed. But that hurt the police. Stop, question, and frisk. When the press says it, they say stop and frisk. That's incorrect. It's called stop, question, and frisk. That needs to be brought back and used much more often, but without the demonization from the press and the politicians, because it is an effective Tactic, one of the only tactics that I know to remove guns from the street is stop, question, and frisk. That is one of the only ways to remove guns from the street. Now, uh, you know, we need the support. We need the community's support. You know, when you go into the police academy, everyone writes a letter on um, why I became a police officer. And on the screen, I have the letter that, um, police officer Rivera wrote and basically he talks because I can't see the font. I don't know if anyone else can. Um, He talks about um, helping people, you know, and, and um, helping the community. He's from Washington Heights. He's Dominican. He's from that community. uh, And he wanted to join the police to help, uh, to help New York city and to help his, his own people and, and to, to do the right thing. And, you know, a, gr- a great, to look, 22 years old, uh, a great human being, a hero, no doubt a hero, you know, and the same officer, Mora, who you see on the screen right now. Uh, I'm going to put a, a challenge coin on the screen right now that was, um, there was a great uh, beloved captain who worked in the 3-2 in, in the early 90s, and his name was Captain uh, Terrence Tunnock. And Captain Tunnock, he had an expression that he would always say, don't ever forget, we're the police. And there you see it on that challenge coin. And uh, I'd just like to mention Captain Terrence Tunnock, a, a pure um, hero from, from the 3-2 precinct. Uh, you know what? What is what is the answer to this spate of guns in New York City? And it it, it takes into consideration a lot of different things. Um, the whole criminal justice bureau, the whole the whole criminal justice, um, you know, the police corrections, the courts. That's that's criminal justice, right? The police corrections courts. Courts take into consideration the district attorney. The district attorney must prosecute. There must be uh, penalties for, for committing crimes. And uh, when there isn't, it's, um, it, it just allows people to, to reoffend, to reoffend. You were seeing the disaster of bail reform and what it's done to us. And it, it's um, when, when we were so successful uh, 
in the 90s and into the 2000s with uh, Comstat and broken windows policing. Uh, it took into consideration everyone had to be on board. So you talk about police, courts, and corrections. Corrections takes into consideration parole, probation, you know, uh, incarceration, jails, Rikers Island, state prisons, you know, because if there's no teeth in the law, then the criminal minded will just reoffend and reoffend and reoffend again, you know, and that has to be, we all have to be on the same page. Pat Russo uh, from NYPD Kids in Boxing, I'm going to put what you said on the screen. We need to work with the community, target the recidivist criminals that destroy our neighborhoods, then work with the local prosecutors to arrest and incarcerate them. A large amount of crime is committed by a small percentage of individuals. That's 100% true, Pat. And uh, Pat Russo, retired NYPD sergeant, a true hero that just doesn't talk the talk. He walks the walk. He, sur- he volunteers his time with his NYPD kids and boxing program. And he teaches kids how to box all over the city. And that program has not just produced some great boxers who went to the Olympics, but produced some great human beings who got out of their neighborhood where maybe they would have gotten trouble without Pat Russo, but they've become uh, contributing members of society. And, and, you know, and they, they respect and they really like the police because of people like Pat Russo. Programs like Kids in Boxing is what, what we're talking about. That's some of the um, things where the money should go. The, 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 if there's going to be spending money uh, on programs, diversion programs, let's spend the money on young kids before they get in trouble. You know, let's give a kid who may be, um, who may want to become a gangbanger, let's get him out of that gang. Let's let's introduce him to boxing or some other sport, or help him with his with his homework. Help him get through school. Show him that being a gangbanger isn't the way. You know, uh, it's like uh, Joe Murray, uh, another great police officer who is now an attorney, uh, and he he writes. So true, Pat Russo, selective incapacitation works. What he's referring to is people that are the worst of the worst. Um, They have to go to jail. They have to go to prison. There's no diversionary programs once you commit the crime. Before you commit the crime, all right. But if you're going to commit serious crimes, you need to have a cell uh, that's reserved for you. Larry Boritz, I was a member of the 3-2 precinct for nine years. It still hurts. You're still part of the family for life. Even though I'm retired, I'm permanently connected to that precinct. I don't know these officers personally, but they were my brothers. Captain Tunnick was a great man. And I want to read the other thing you said. Uh, but yeah, Captain Tunnick was a great man. And um, the 3-2 precinct has a legacy of great, great cops. Um, and cops that uh, that made that, that made that precinct great. And uh, the reputation it has in Manhattan North the reputation that it has uh, throughout the city. It's, it's just a, um, it's just an amazing, it's an amazing place and great cops, great detective squad. I worked with their detective squad for 10 years and uh, we were there. We were there a great deal of the time. I'm just going to play a little more of a, a news report uh, 
We'll put it up on the screen. And that he dreamt of being a police officer. Police hang black bunting over the entrance of the 32nd precinct. A solemn reminder that the NYPD just lost one of their own. Last night, a procession held outside of Harlem Hospital carried the remains of Officer Jason Rivera. The 22-year-old was killed yesterday evening when he and his partner were shot ambush style after responding to a domestic call inside a first floor apartment on West 135th Street. 22, that's, wow, that's not even living life, you know, but, you know, he put it all on the line, you know, because he, he cared about his community. Johnny Evans, like many in the neighborhood who knew Officer Rivera, stopped by the precinct to pay their respects. I could tell, like, he, he really cared, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know he was a rookie, you know what I'm saying? And you could just, from knowing that, you could tell he came with new blood. He came with, you know, just wanting to help the community. Officer Jason Rivera leaves behind a wife. He was Dominican and grew up in Inwood. He graduated from Wills High School in Washington Heights. His older brother tells Eyewitness News that he dreamt of being a police officer. In a letter to his commanding officer in the police academy, Officer Rivera wrote, quote, When I applied to become a police officer, I knew this was the career for me. Coming from an immigrant family, I will be the first to say that I am a member of the NYPD, the greatest police force in the world. Officer Rivera joined the force in November of 2020. Members of the National Action Network gathered outside of the crime scene to pray for Officer Rivera and his partner, 27-year-old Officer Wilbert Mora, who was shot in his head and is now at Harlem Hospital clinging to life. We're praying for these families. Uh, we know that there are tragedies that are happening on police every day, and we want to stand up for that. We know that that is wrong. Now, Officer Rivera's older brother was too emotional to speak on camera with me, but he wanted me to leave you with this about his brother. He loved what he did, and he was the hardest working person. I want people to know how much he loved what he did and how much he devoted to his career. And he died doing what he loved, and I am extremely, extremely proud of him. Now, Cardinal Timothy Dolan met with both families of both police officers. There will be a candlelight vigil here soon at 6.30. The mayor is expected to attend. And if you want to read that full letter by Officer Rivera that he sent and when he was in the police academy, you can find that on our website. It's abc7ny.com. You know, just uh, tragic. Uh, everything you read, I mean, it's... Uh... It's the real police. That's what we call people that uh, that do this job, the real police, the police that are out there fighting crime, the police that are out there in a radio car. Uh, we call them the real police, you know, and it's, uh, this hurts. This hurts everyone that's, uh, uh, you know, that's ever worn, uh, worn an NYPD shield over the left breast, you know, and, uh, we talk a lot about this on on the uh, on police off the cuff, real crime stories. We we praise some of the great great cops, uh, you know, and it's just it's so so heartbreaking uh, to see this. And um, I would rather you know praise these guys, you know, police officer Mora, you know, and. Uh, it's just police officer Jason Rivera, 
it's just uh, so hard to take. It really is. It's it's very difficult. And I know that I've heard from guys from the, the 3-2 family, the 3-2 precinct in Harlem, one of the closest precincts in, in regards to the cops being tight in Manhattan North. Because guess what? When you could lose your life and when you need backup and when you see those lights coming, and you know you can depend on those guys. That creates a closeness that only uh, cops that really work in a busy command can fully, fully appreciate. And the 3-2 is one of those commands. Uh, and at least in Manhattan North, it's uh, it's it's just amazing. Um, you know, folks, I in the chat, let's try to just keep it respectable today. I don't want to really – and it's, look, and I understand everyone's anger. Um, Larry Boritz, another 3-2 veteran. Thanks for dedicating this program to these two officers. As I stated early in my post, I'm connected for life, not only being a member, but I was also shot. God bless Larry. Um, yeah, it's important that we as a police family, uh, we stay together, you know, and we stay, to, we, we fight the powers that are against us, you know. And many of the same people uh, that are cheering us on today uh, two weeks from now, we'll be cursing out the police. So we understand that too. You know, people people like to get political mileage when it's not um, uh, it's not dangerous for them to do so. They want to get political mileage out of. But we we recognize uh, what they call them wolf, wolves in sheep's clothing. Well, we know who our friends are and we know who our enemies are. You know, and uh, we just want to praise these two officers and we want to pray for them and pray for their families. And, um, that's, you know, again, that's what, uh, th this is all about. We felt it through when we responded to nine 11, the camaraderie we had with first responders, uh, and the camaraderie we have right now with a fallen officer. It's the pain is there. Um, we just, um, we just almost don't know what to say. And and fully, we have the most respect we have is for other members. And you see it on the screen, the front of the 3-2 precinct. That's who is feeling the pain now. I, um, uh, An old-time detective uh, who was uh, on the DEA Board of Directors, Irvin Abina, I've been on the phone with him, and um, he was really Mr. 3-2. He was there for 32 years out of his police career. And I've spoken to him and... Um, it's it's just an incredible thing, the closeness the three two people feel. Um, um, Eddie Stackpole, I got to work all over the city. The three two had the best backup, bar none. That's for sure. You know the three two, uh, three two had some of the greatest cops. You know you can mention, I mentioned some of the commanding officers of the three two. I forgot the other day, John Timoney. John Timoney was the CEO of the three two precinct. Mario Savaggi. Um, Chief Lewis, legendary Chief Louis Anamone, Vinnie Coogan. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting people, and I'm not doing it on purpose. Uh, the new, the um, it's. I mean, some of the greatest commanding officers uh, were commanders of the three two because it was recognized by the powers that be as uh, one of the most important precincts. In Manhattan North, uh, it just and the busiest. So they they assigned uh, they assigned the best 
best to be the commanding officer of the three two you know it's uh it's it, it goes hand in hand you know so as i said some of the greatest um yeah, Larry Boritz, uh, Irvin Abina, great, great guy, uh, Mr. 3-2, as I would call him. You know, uh, they're great anti-crime guys. Uh, Tommy Kennedy, um, Terry McGee, you know, uh, I'm leaving. Tommy Barrett, you know, these guys were legendary guys from the 3-2 precinct. And I'm sure I could go back further and further and further in the history of uh, Lieutenant Peter Pranzo. I mean, you want to go back into the archives of the 3-2, great legendary 3-2 uh, uh, commander, uh, uh, lieutenant on the street, Lieutenant Peter Pranzo. You know, guys, I, I mean, I'm just giving people that don't know about the 3-2. Again, it's one of the busiest precincts in Manhattan North, probably in the city. And I'm not saying busy job-wise. There's many precincts that say, oh, we're the busiest in the world. No, you're not. You're the busiest job-wise. I'm talking about busiest and violence and real like police dangerous police work uh uh larry Boritz, so many great guys have come from there you mentioned the great ones thanks for that yeah i mean look i worked with a lot i worked with terry mcgee i worked with tommy kennedy um i never worked with tommy barrett uh, i worked with vinnie coogan i worked with chief lewis anamone um so i love to um bring these guys up carol carol Wirtz, so heartbreaking my sincere condolences to this officer's family and friends, prayers for all, and that certainly includes the officer still clinging to life in the hospital. Um, that's for sure. We want to pray for him and uh, his family, uh, especially his family, you know, uh, and, 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 of course, the officer. Um, you know, folks, uh, and you folks that support um, uh, Police Off the Cuff, I think it's important, Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories, I just think it's important for um, for the police uh, to have a voice, you know, for us to have a voice that's not um, second-guessed by other people, uh, second-guessed by maybe the press, because we're, we're the real police, telling the real police stories. And um, before I sign off, I just want to, I'm going to put up uh, on, on the screen, and I'm going to uh, say it out loud, I'm going to put the services up on the screen here, police officer Jason Rivera, 3-2 Precinct, uh, viewing Thursday, January 27th from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. at St. Patrick's Cathedral of uh, 5th Avenue between 50th and 51st Street. Uh, funeral service Friday, January 28th at 9 a.m., also at um, St. Patrick's Cathedral. Folks, if you're not police, uh, if you're from the general public, the, we would love to have you there. We want the support of the public. We want the support of the community. We want the community to say, we support our police. We're not, we don't want to defund our police. We support our police. And that's so important to these officers that are working, so important to these officers that now have to go into work. Imagine going into the 3-2 precinct to work a shift knowing that two of the guys that you worked with, one is dead and one is clinging to his life. Could you imagine that? And I just also, I don't have his name. I want to shout out to the rookie officer who shot this perp. Amazing, amazing job. Uh, just you deserve all the praise in the world. 
They should make you a detective. I don't care if you have no time on the job. That was tremendous, tremendous work. And uh, you should be praised. You should be honored. All police from all over the world should, should understand what you did and how brave that was. And we, uh, we definitely understand that. Uh, someone put his name up on Nancy Roden, my prayers are also with P.O. Summit Sulan. He's going to need all our support, but mostly from his brother. That's the officer who shot the perp. And God bless him and God bless his family. And um, amazing job. Just amazing job if I can praise you myself. Uh, I just think you did an incredible job. Folks, I'm going to um, I'm going to end this uh, broadcast now. I just wanted to go on the air and... Um, Again, a, a little tribute to um, to these officers. Um, prayers, support from the community. Please go to St. Patrick's Cathedral, uh, attend the funeral. I mean, the more support that we could see, uh, the more support we get from the community, the better it is. And uh, so this is um, Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. I call this show that I do during the day, Coffee with Cannon. Guys, thank you so much um, for listening. It's uh, you're much appreciated. And uh, again, if you could show your support by going to the uh, to the wake or to the funeral, that would be greatly appreciated by the uh, NYPD family. Uh, seeing the public there supporting instead of um, protesting the police would be a nice thing. So, guys. On behalf of myself, Bill Cannon, retired NYPD sergeant, God bless Fidelis Ed Mortem to those officers, and uh, I'll see you again soon. Have a safe day.